This is Unfilter, episode 51, for May 22nd, 2013. More serious news for you now. New developments breaking moments ago on our top story. The Washington Post reported last night that Fox News chief Washington correspondent James Rosen was targeted for a department uh, by the Department of Justice. The DOJ suggesting Mr. Rosen was part of a criminal conspiracy in order to get clearance to read his email, see his phone records, and track his movements. On this week's episode of Unfiltered, the DOJ's investigation into journalists has expanded. Who is the target and how far is the U.S. government willing to go? We'll dig into the details. Ripped apart from the massive tornadoes, more Oklahoma begins their recovery. The media, on the other hand, goes into full exploitation mode. We'll rip them up. Then, Russia outs another CIA operative. Tim Cook testifies in the Senate. And the flawed media shield law gets exposed. Then it's a big drone update and much, much more. On this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 51 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show is distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody out there. Oh, God, I just lost my voice. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, you know, we last week we had a, a great, great Brisk show. Yeah, it was we were we was huge and small in one. It was I used compression. Uh, yes. Unlike the huge wrath of Mother Nature. Today it is a raw, uncompressed, high quality show. Well, every show's quality. Yes, yes. But this one is like lossless. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got lossless. You should put out a lossless format. Actually, that's not even true. We still had things we cut from this week, but it is going to be a huge it's, show. It's big. Big like the storm that hit Oklahoma. Oh my gosh, My Chase. God, It man. has been um, a couple of crazy 24 hours you or saw, so. You saw, you've obviously seen the pictures and video from, from there. And Oh my gosh, yeah. I, when I saw some of the initial pictures <clears throat> from from the tragedy, really, it's it's just Mother Nature's you know wrath. You know, at its finest. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it it was really jaw dropping to see just usually, like, say, in a hurricane, there'll be a few houses that are left standing, or or even some tornadoes, you know, some tornadoes are left standing, and you're like, wow, you know, that house is lucky. There was nothing. Right. Just nothing. It was was pretty, it was pretty amazing. And I'll tell you, uh, after we get into this, I didn't want to talk about it in the show. I just, I just felt like, I just, I, first of all, it's really sad. And second of all, it's one of these stories that there's so many like tug at your heartstring angles to it yeah. that, uh, but it ends up getting exploited by the media. Well, that's so much. that's what we need to talk about because well, I suppose what, so. because what's going on here is what was it? Uh, never waste. What was the the exact quote? Never waste a never waste a tragedy. Never care. waste yeah. a, tra- a tragedy. Well, that's what you have happening right now. You have many different groups working different Playing angles. Playing the agenda. Uh, they, they play, oh, it's the climate. Or, or you know, well, they voted no. Here. Or, yeah, they voted no for Sandy I, funding. Now are they going to take I was going to say, yeah, I, I even mean, heard sequester brought up. I've even heard I mean, that. I mean, there's so much being worked right. on here. 
I say, what do you? Uh, uh, let's start with a setup from NBC of what happens to people who don't know, or just you know, for posterity purposes, we'll set it up. General overview. While we're showing that, that uh, I've got some clips on on my on my machine here that I'll play for people watching the video version because of of NBC's destruction here. And uh, sure, here we go. Brian Williams. Devastation in Oklahoma. This is NBC Nightly of they got their News bump. with Brian Williams Brian. reporting tonight from Moore, Oklahoma. Well, you have power. Well, good evening from what has to be the saddest place on earth, the most torn up place on earth, and that's the city of Moore, Oklahoma. The base of this storm now confirmed to be at its widest point, 1.3 miles wide on the ground. Wow, that is incredible. The path was 17 miles long, 17 miles of real estate. It was on the ground for 40 minutes. And a word about the death toll having fluctuated up and down overnight and into today. It stands right now confirmed at 24. And sadly, that number includes at least nine children. 237 people are listed as injured. The insurance claims likely topping $1 billion, but luckily there will be time to discuss all of that. And even as we stand here tonight amid all this, severe weather is still in the news this evening. And this is where I want to start, the severe weather thing. Uh, Even in this initial report, so I'm not. I don't want to sit here on the show and say it's absolutely not climate change that caused this, or it absolutely is climate change that caused this, or climate change was responsible for making this a stronger, wider storm. I I, I don't know if any of that's true or not. The central United States has always had a history of severe weather. This is a big one. This, but but you know what though? There's been big tornadoes in the past. I mean, yeah. you can go back and look in history before right. they uh, change the uh, the scale. The uh, I'm a big weather buff. I love weather. You can go back and look at history. These th- events occur. They happen. Back in the 60s, 70s, they occurred when there were scientists and people out there saying, this isn't global warming, this is global cooling. They were, <laughs> I mean, there were so many different angles here's, to this. And here's what I think is interesting is it's kind of this, and I, you know, it, 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 this is, we're kind of out of the gate going a little conspiratorial here, but here's, look at it, look at it this way, is even in there, he kind of slips in the weather thing, right? And then what they do is they, oh, it's, it's the weather, and then they move on, and they move on, and they kind of go at you from an emotional angle, the kids. It was the end of the school day, and the kids at Plaza Towers Elementary School were closing their books, stuffing their backpacks getting ready to head home painting a picture that's when the tornado warnings changed everything and like as a father right i'm watching this and i'm thinking god you know my son's at daycare right now what if daughter's at daycare right now what if something happened to them what if there was an earthquake chris this is what honestly it starts to like and what's funny is i used to see these kind of natural events where they do this kid angle and it would not really even register on my emotional radar wouldn't even really make an impact but now there's like some sort of biological response that I have to this idea that is it's it's very overwhelming when I hear this. I spoke with fifth grader Lauren Fugate about what it was like when the tornado hit. The roof caved in on all of us while we were in school. And where were you? Did you did you go to the basement? The fifth and the sixth graders were all huddled in the bathrooms and all we heard was a lot of rumbling and then stuff falling on our heads. Did something fall on your head? Yeah. What fell? Just parts of the Just ceiling? Parts of the roof and stuff. So I know that the vent fell on my best friend Mackenzie. So is she okay? Yeah. But how and how did? What grade are you in? I'm in fifth grade. And how did the fifth graders do? A lot of them were scared, crazy, but some of them were bleeding worse than others. But yeah. Did everybody make it? 
Um, most of us did. So uh, this, you know, I mean, they can focus on real elements of this tragedy that are extremely yeah. uh, tragic. Yeah. Not to use the word too much there, but uh, so you can kind of, they can kind of have a legitimate thing to cover, but it's still at the same time point on your heartstrings. And then they have the angle of the experts, right? The experts have to come out and talk about things. Well, who, you know, Chase, when you see a scientist sit down on CNN, let's say we're on Pierce Morgan, okay? Say, I, I, know I, I, I already Pierce know Morgan. where you're going. I already know, man. Who's the scientist? There's a couple you could pick from. There's yeah, a couple of yeah, reoccurring yeah, scientists that yeah. come on these news shows. Yeah. Do you have one in mind for this oh, one? Oh, I, I, you, you said this is a softball pitch. Okay, okay. I don't know. Oh, I, I, don't, I think you're going to guess the wrong guy. No, no. <laughs> it's 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 five words. Okay. Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Many people asking tonight on Twitter and Facebook and so on, is he getting worse? You know, we're in New York here. Hurricane Sandy was obviously the worst. Sounds like he's got a hurricane now. Hundreds of years. Is it getting worse in terms of storm damage and power? All right, here we go. Here's the reveal. Who is the important and well-educated scientist Bill, who's going to Bill, comment? Bill, 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 it's not Bill. clear. <laughs> First of all, you can't say from any one storm uh, that this is a result of, let's say, climate change. Oh, okay, I agree with them there, right? I'm in. Okay. I agree with them there. I'm like, this Wait, is what I'm saying. But you know what? That's a pause. There's a but coming. However, just looking ah! at uh, Chad Myers' <laughs> graphic there, it's the width of this tornado that I think, uh, it, at least to me, just looking at the data that are available online and stuff, that this is a much more powerful storm than the one that everybody talks about, May 3rd, 1999, because it's just wider. All right, so this is a key thing. It's wider, and it was, man. Like it came down. It was a mile and a half. Yeah, yeah. They they they've said that in the previous story. Okay. Getting a wider swath, so you got to figure it has. If it's uh, twice as wide, you might figure it's got twice as much energy, but it might have. It might four times as much energy. It might have a ten times maybe uh, an order of magnitude as much energy. Are you a meteorologist? Bill this can Mark? be estimated by looking at the destruction. It sounds like. Uh, it sounds. Uh, um, almost unbelievable, but you can assess the speed of the wind by looking at this video and looking for a piece of recognizable debris. This is all very, um, uh, it's important going forward, but the destruction there tonight is really overwhelming. And I just want to remind us all that it's going to happen again. Bingo. Well, wait a minute. Really? Another tornado is going to happen again? Mm. Thank you, Mr. Comedian that was on Almost Live. Go ahead and go to YouTube, you guys, yeah. and Google. He's from our town. Yeah, he's from Seattle. Go to YouTube and put in Almost Live yeah. Bill Nye. And I'm not. Come on. I'm, I'm actually, we've 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 kind of hard. We've been harsh on Bill Nye before, and we got we got some hate mail for that. I know, but you know, but here's the thing. He's not a climatologist for for, for he's one. He's not. He's and not he's, a meteorologist. He's being very either. dodgy. He's being yeah. very dodgy, and he's like, well, it could happen again, and you could estimate this. And again, I'm not saying I disagree, but I. What I hate is this happens after every major weather event is the media just comes right out as they're just standing there in the event and tells us it's climate change related. It takes research. It takes scientific process to figure that out. But but Chris, you don't realize, I mean, the past four out of five years, we've had record temperatures. Have we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know what that means. That means, uh, you know, it's climate change, right? Maybe. Because the climate is changing. You know, I am very much of the uh, of the uh, George Carlin school on this. Have you ever heard George Carlin's speech on uh, global warming and saving the animals? I, I I vaguely remember, but I have a feeling you have something I, prepared. I don't. I oh, don't. Okay. I was just I was just checking, but I don't. <laughs> okay. I do have another George Carlin clip I'm going to play later, which made me think of it. Um, okay. Uh, he you know he basically says uh, that. Uh, 
a lot of a lot of what we think we can do is is driven by human arrogance. And I don't want to get down this whole route because honestly, I'm 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 just completely undecided on this. But I'll tell you who is decided is mostly the American people. Seventy percent of American adults say global warming should be a priority for the nation's leaders, while eighty-seven percent say leaders should make it a priority to develop clean energy sources. Those that support levels, uh, by, by the way, these levels have actually dropped by 7% and 5% respe- respectively since last fall. But they can't, though, Chris. You know why? You know why politicians can't focus on clean energy and global warming priorities and all that? Why? Because their biggest campaign contri- uh, contributors oh, are big the, oil. Yeah, that's true, right? That is a big I mean, problem how, how could you cut off the hand that feeds you if Which, you're a politician. It's too bad because it, it really could be like the drug war 2.0 for them where you can make all this fuss and act like you're getting tough on the drug war and talk about being tough on criminals and put all these places, all these rules in place that ruin people's lives, but it, it makes you look good as a politician. The environment could be that as well because you, you could be a savior. You can be somebody who's you know out to save the earth and damn, that's a platform to run on, but you're right, right. because they're so tied to big oil and other money interests, they don't do it. Well, that's the problem is because there's so much money involved and lobby groups yeah. and, and advertising and you know you're not going to get elected to office if you don't have big backing yeah, that's the problem so the media kind of is just all over the board i mean i could obviously have clipped a thousand different clips but i think all of them all of them fail to compare to this one clip with wolf all right well you're blessed yeah. brian your husband is blessed brian. anders is brian. blessed. He just, brian. Yeah, brian you like brian huh that's your he dad does. And picture it, they're standing in this woman's house, in her kitchen, which all that remains is her crazy linoleum floor and then, like, pieces of her house. Like, otherwise, it looks like they're standing outside. I mean, completely devastated. And she's got her, she's holding her baby there. (laughs) Well, we're happy you're here. You guys did a great job. Uh, And I guess you got to thank the Lord, right? Yeah. Do you thank the Lord? For that split-second decision? I, I, I'm, I'm actually an atheist. Oh, you are. All right. (laughs) She's actually an atheist, Jason. Oh, boy. I know. If you listen to the beginning of the conversation, he was kind of coaxing her to say it. So he brought it back up. All right. Well, you're blessed. Brian, your husband is blessed. You're blessed. And then the baby makes a noise. And and this is what something I now know as parents is when, when you want to change the topic and get the t- attention off of you, you immediately say, oh, look what the cute thing the kid just did. Brian. Anders is Brian. blessed. He just, Brian. Yeah, Brian, you like Brian, huh? That's he your does. dad. Yeah, yeah, look, look, right? Yeah. Well, we're happy you're here. And then Wolf's like, all right. So she's like, okay, yeah, let's move on. And then Wolf has the nuts to bring it up again. Oh. You guys did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you got to thank the Lord, right? Yeah. Do you thank the Lord? For that split-second decision? I, I, I'm, I'm actually an atheist. Oh, you are? All right. <laughs> I had to turn it up because she kind of was very shy about it. It was very funny. Well, she's on national television yeah. and Wolf and the Wolf Man Blitzer. And Wolf keeps her like, like, hey, are you a believer in the Lord? Do you believe the Lord? It is kind of an odd question to hey, ask Chris, somebody Chris, after people... their entire house has been destroyed. Well, hey, right? Thank you, God. <laughs> well, it's, it's like... Yeah, I was a believer until today. Yeah, right. Or, right. Or, I mean, if anything's going to make you not a believer, although or, I suppose surviving, or, or you right? hear people, like, you know, I, I don't know. if Do you have a clip of the lady and the dog? I didn't clip it because it was okay. so visual, I, but I so funny. All right. I mean, so, not funny. You but. know, like, well, she said, you know, you know, the Lord answered my prayers. You know, he only answered my second one, too. You know, it's like a lot of people equate national disasters yeah. to religion. It happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when you're in a life and death tragic situation— you know, well, I don't. I, I, I don't hold anything against them for that. No, no, not at all. But I think a lot of it comes down to programming. 
or you know upraising. Well, and falling or, back on anything because when you've had everything taken from you, yeah, you're, I mean everything's destroyed. Your car, right. your house, right. everything's gone. You're going back to a, uh, a core belief or yeah. a way that you were I mean, raised and brought up. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you got you gotta go back to the essentials. All yeah. right, speaking of going back to the essentials, yes, I want to bust some fud around Tim Cook's trip to the Senate. And well, you know, Tim, you know, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he's probably going over there to show them the new iPads, right? The new <laughs> iPhones. So, first of all, you know, uh Rick and McCain busts out the stupidest joke in I the know, world. Did the you updates? clip that? No, no. Why I have it. They, I, I have it. You should you should throw that. Because I mean, God. There, well, I could go. I mean, I, I know. I, it's all right. It's okay. It's, I, it's, I'm trying la- to keep it tight. I'm trying to keep it tight. But it's a lame. I mean, it just shows there was a how lot of hip them. they're trying to be. There was a lot of them. That's why I didn't clip that one in particular because there was a lot of them. Uh, but uh, let's play Tim. Okay. And uh, then I want to sum up because I watched the whole damn thing. Dude, you must have no time on your hands. I was multitasking. Oh, uh, I was well. preparing for plan B. I was watching Tim Cook and I was watching the Xbox One announcement because they were happening at the same time. To right. the best of our knowledge, Apple has become the largest corporate income tax payer in America. Last year, our U.S. federal cash effective tax rate was 30.5%, and we paid nearly $6 billion in cash to the U.S. Treasury. What was uh, GE's, like 2%? I like have that? no idea, but yeah. That's, that's more than $16 million each day, and we expect to pay even more this year. I'd like to explain to the subcommittee very clearly how we view our responsibility with respect to taxes. Apple has real operations in real places with Apple employees selling real products to real customers. We pay all the taxes we owe, every single dollar. We not only comply with the laws, but we comply with the spirit of the laws. We don't depend on tax gimmicks. We don't move intellectual property offshore and use it to sell our products back to the United States to avoid taxes. We don't stash money on some Caribbean island. We don't move our money from our foreign subsidiaries to fund our U.S. business in order to skirt the repatriation tax. Our foreign subsidiaries hold 70% of our cash because of the very rapid growth of our international business. We use these earnings to fund our foreign operations, such as spending billions of dollars to acquire equipment to make Apple products and to finance construction of Apple retail stores around the world. Under the uh, the current U.S. corporate tax system, it would be very expensive to bring that cash back to the United States. Unfortunately, the tax code has not kept up with the digital age. The tax system handicaps American corporations in relation to our foreign competitors who don't have such constraints on the free movement of capital. A little long, but I wanted to get that it's last bit. It's a good quit. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, cl- cl- quit. Quip. Clip. Clip. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to clear my palate. But, you know, it's it's one of those situations where I, I it, when I listen to that in retrospect, because so I, I heard it bits and pieces of mm-hmm, it before. Mm-hmm. He's definitely taking shots at other companies here. Samsung and a few others, yeah. And a few others. And he's obviously also trying to convey a message that there needs to be an overhaul on the mm-hmm. system. Yeah, I agree. I think I think so uh one of the misconceptions and, and, and Rand Paul kind of contributed to this is uh Tim Cook wasn't drugged to the Senate. Tim Cook actually requested 
to be seen by a committee because he wanted to address this topic. And something else that this people— is something that Steve Jobs would never do, Never, though. never. Also, and I watched all day long, he was smart, man. He knew S right off the top of his head. So why do you think he is doing this? Because they're so rich now. I mean, like he said, they're the number one taxpayer, corporate taxpayer in America. Think about that. Yeah. They pay $16 million a day in taxes. Uh, something else that came out in the hearing, I didn't even know this was a common practice, but uh, the way it was brought up, it just appears to be common for all large companies, the Apple size. They have full-time IRS staff in Apple headquarters that actually what? have office space in Apple. What? So, so federal IRS employees. They're under an ever-present constant IRS audit, constantly. Wow. And, a, and other big companies are too. I didn't know that. But they literally provide office space for IRS agents at Apple. Because there's so much going on yeah. that they can actually provide a dedicated person for so it. So the big thing that Apple, and I think and the chat room's got it all wrong, a lot of things people have all wrong is uh, Apple Apple actually overall, comparatively to any other company even close to their size, is, is actually fit, playing, like you said, by the spirit of it. They're paying 30.5% tax rate. Uh, they make only 49% of their profits in the United States. Everything else is made outside. They sell, wow. And the only taxes they don't bring in are the stuff they sell outside. Right. They do have the Shell Corporation set up out of Ireland. Ireland has a 2% corporate tax rate, so they run a bunch of stuff out of there, and that's where they funnel all of the money they make outside the United States to that Ireland uh, a, a company, a company called AOI, Apple Something Investments. And they funnel all of the foreign money to that one spot, and then they use that for investing and things like that. Um, and what, what the other thing Cook was wanting is he wants he wants a, rep, a repatriation uh, legislation that essentially says we can repatriate our foreign money, like $70 billion, um, and uh, it'll be at a single-digit tax rate. And if you let us bring that in, he thinks a lot of – and they went into like – and the people on the panel too went into like – how there'd be a huge flood of money into the country if they did this, and they just haven't done it. It's just something they just haven't done. Is 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 this because it's outdated code, or is this because of greed? What do you think that is? I think it's so many different parties have lobbied for different things that help them that they've gummed up the whole works, and now there's all these spe- special interests involved that they can't shake it free. So do you think that the scandal will help finally ungum the works? Maybe. I mean, so Apple is definitely – I mean, Apple is, as, as any big company would, avoiding taxes as effectively as possible. I mean, hell, I do that. Yeah. Personally, I do that. Well, I mean, we, we you and I, we both have our own small businesses and right. in, in doing internet broadcasting. You know, we funnel things through this to save money on taxes, a la expenses for equipment. We funnel that through our, 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 our corporate shells, if you will. Uh, to save on our on our personal taxes. I mean, it's 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 a standard deduction that you can do in a home office situation. That's why I keep cranking out kids, Chase. Ching. I mean, well, hey, wait, <laughs> don't don't even get me started on that. Don't get me started. <laughs> All right, because I love you, man, and you know, I I don't have kids, and you want to adopt one of mine? No, I'm good, man. Give you the girl for cheap. How much? Five bitcoins. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I'll get back to you. Um, so I, I say good on him for doing it. Yeah. I think I think it's interesting. There, people are kind of just taking drive-by shots at Apple. Everybody knows I'm not Apple's biggest fan. I critique them whenever I think it's necessary. However, in this case, they're they're completely legal and they're actually I, I playing Bob more than most companies. And I dig the fact that even though that their stock price has dropped forty percent since their all-time high yeah, of yeah. The last year, yep, 
he's in there and he's trying to make a change and make a difference. Yeah. Unlike other CEOs yeah. like Ford. That are just taking advantage of it. They're, and they're not doing anything. Yeah. And he even said, like, Apple acknowledges that if this were to work out the way we're asking for, we're going to end up paying more. Yeah. Like, we, we know that and we're okay with that. And you know what else is interesting, too, is he was there with Peter Oppenheimer, the primary uh, uh, controller for Apple and also their uh, chief legal counsel. Both of those guys, while not, I mean, Cook, man, at a couple of times, uh, people were pushing. Like, they were getting up in his grill about stuff. And, and they, they got they got into some S about some offshore IP rights that they've done and, and some shady stuff there. Cook never, ever got stressed. The dude stayed calm and super respectful the entire time, referred to everybody as sir and ma'am, and, like, you know, was, like, yeah. played the game. The other guys got a little shaken, but were extremely knowledgeable. I mean... The chat room and I were watching it, and we were just sitting back and like, holy crap, these guys really know their stuff. Like, right. they obviously prepped, but they obviously also have an amazing grasp on their business. Do you think, though, I mean, obviously Apple has announced that they're going to be building a new computer here in the United States. That was States. one of the things he talked and, about in his opening statement. And, you know, <clears throat> that it's going to be brought in with American components, which yeah. was another huge thing that I didn't even think about. Right, right. I was thinking, oh, they're just going to do assembly, assembly here. Yeah, yeah. But no, they're actually going to make components they're sourcing here. sourcing it, too. And... It makes me wonder if they're going to try to leverage those things to politicians and yeah, lobby oh yeah. to say, hey, come on. Oh, yeah. Let's make a change. Oh, yeah. It's all about yeah, PR, absolutely. I'm sure. What do you yeah. suppose it's going to be? What kind of Mac do you think it's going to be? Because I need a Mac Pro. God, I hope and pray. <laughs> I hope it's a Mac Pro. <laughs> it, I mean, oh, but so I, I think I, it's going to be The thing I hate about the Mac Pro is how damn expensive it is. But if I could at least tell myself that all of it was made in America, I would feel tiny bit better about that purchase you know i uh speaking about made in america i know this is a little bit of a tangent but i made I've, in america i've purchased two different uh i've purchased an otterbox uh, otterbox yeah. uh, case yeah and uh for your internet phone for my internet phone yeah. called the iphone oh okay so the first one that I had was made in China and the rubbery material was a little cheap but thin and same price and then i guess otter box decided to switch to u.s manufacturing because the next one i got was made in usa oh yeah and it was much more durable much more solid i mean just better quality same price oh really yeah and i'm just thinking gosh if we can just i that would be awesome i've been a personal believer and i i know i haven't explained this uh, expressed this on the show but i've been a personal believer that if we actually make more goods here and manufacture oh, yeah. more yeah. things here and do more here at home mm-hmm We'll we'll be much not only better off. It's the only thing we. Socially. It's one we of the few things that. you and I, as just Joe citizens in a global economy, really is completely outside of our purveyor control. Is invest locally. Yeah. Um. You know, I do the same thing uh, grocery wise as much as possible with our local uh, independent grocer. I try to always try to get my meat from our local butcher. Uh, I go to our local fruit stands and things like that. I try to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh. But <clears throat> you know, when I go to Costco, like the produce that I get from there. You know, I'm looking to see where those goods are. If they're made in the USA, I, you know, I, I try to pick them up. I mean, I'm not the type of person, though. Like, uh, you remember Dan? He used to yeah. be one of our hosts. Yeah. He Like, the mic that he got for the show had to be made in America. Like, everything that he had, wanted, he wanted it yeah. made in America. I don't go – actually, I think these PR40s are made in America. ILs are made in America, yeah. yes. Uh, but I didn't – you know, that – I mean, I don't go that far with it. But I definitely would prefer it if I could, just not because I'm – an American patriot. I mean, that's maybe part of it, but right. also it's that local investment thing. Yeah. It really, truly is. I mean, you know, I know uh, ABC, you know, ABC News did that piece about Made in America. And, you know, yeah. they, uh, I forget that guy's name who did it, but Made in America. Made America to try to get people to buy American shirts and American goods and, and actually go out and look. Mm-hmm. And 
It, it can be done. There's a little legwork you have to do, but it can be done. It's good to see them doing something. Yeah. Um, now, hopefully it's not something that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of investing in your local economy, how about, oh. how about investing in your local unfilter show? Yes. Uh, I had a I had a rough Wednesday morning when I calculated the numbers and saw that we had like three or four people unsubscribe. That hurt. Well, I look at that and I think, did I do something wrong? Did I not? You know, was the show not good? You can't second guess yourself, though. It hurts, though, because it's like I, I feel like it's a judgment. The one thing I've learned in doing this internet broadcasting thing for a long time, happen. Chris, is not only that, but you can't make everybody happy. I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. And there's it could be that. Maybe some people got. Yeah, maybe we said something. We do yeah. sometimes say something, but we still had two fine gentlemen who uh, wanted to help us out with the Unfilter show. Now, if you're not familiar with this, the Unfilter is sponsor-free. We take a we take a brief break every episode to thank people who are supporting us, but we are funded by our audience, and uh, we have subscription links in the show notes. We are looking for 133 monthly subscribers of $13.33 to create, to create our artists and media. Chase, I have a completely inappropriate, way too long, and totally not safe for work clip I want to play. So, uh, let me see how long is this. It is uh, it's 3 minutes and 14 seconds. If you are offended by swearing, skip ahead by 3 minutes and 14 seconds. But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. And by the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged, and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. 
Good, honest, hardworking people, white collar, blue collar, it doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hardworking people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect <clears throat> these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Yeah. You know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the honors count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. There's not enough dinger in the world for that man right there. No. And God uh, rest his soul. <clears throat> That if if that is not sort not of an atheist. explaining the background of what this show is about, you know, watching my entire life, and if you are like me, then this is somebody who this show has been created for. I have watched everything go to shit for the last thirty years. Everything has gotten worse. Everything: the economy, the roads, the houses around us, the buildings, the people, our every our environment. Everything has gotten worse, and nobody, nobody on the TV is talking about it. Nobody's playing that clip. No, this no, show not. is playing that clip because we are trying to get the information out there. So yeah. please help us keep going. Go over to the unfiltered uh, show show notes or the subreddit. That'd be great. Go to the show notes and click on that monthly support if you can afford it. Chase, we got an email from we one did. of those supporters who. Uh, we want to hear from. Actually, uh, give me give me ten seconds. Oh. Oh, all right. Well, I will I will thank uh, Jason P and Florian G, who this email is from, for su- supporting us this week. We yeah, got two so, new subscribers. I'd love to get some more subscribers last week since we were sliding backwards right now. Yeah. So Florian uh, wrote in and said, uh, "Dear Chase and Chris, this is the third time I'm writing you guys. I finally got my Easter bonus and I subscribed a few minutes ago. Keep in mind that Orthodox Easter was in early May and I work for a." Cypriot company in Greece, so there was a delay. <laughs> okay, understandable. By the way, this is this was my first transaction via PayPal, just for you guys. Wow, thanks, man. So if anything went wrong, let me know. Since Unfilter is now my favorite Jupiter Broadcasting show, hey. I wanted to share the reason why I subscribed, just in case it gets you guys a few more subscriptions from this side of the Atlantic. Okay. So one to two weeks ago, I was watching TV, not really paying attention to the commercials, and then... I saw in big capital letters, quote, if you see something, say something, written in Greek. I was amazed that the same phraseology was being used in the Greek TV. Here it was used in a spot against human trafficking. My point with this is that even with so many people complain that you, if you focus too much on the U.S., it doesn't mean that stuff is irrelevant to us because it... Because lots of time stuff that start in the U.S. could come over here after a while. So yeah, things that start here, you know. Isn't that interesting there. that there, he's seen this, if you see something, say something, uh, meme pop up? Because I, I have seen that in some of the uh, some of the stuff I've read over there. And I I wasn't sure if that had started here and moved over there or what it was. I've seen that a few times with stuff. Well, I mean. Like there was yeah. this uh, machete terrorism, quote unquote, terrorism attack in London today or yesterday. I think it was today. And uh, a lot of the same terminology that our officials use, they're using it. And it's just. It's like this, you know, it's this terrorism is it's a great it's a global thing. But it's also uh, a catchphrase. And when you have a catchphrase that is easy to remember and snappy, if you see something, say something, you know, something that kind of flows off the tongue like that. Yeah. Of course, it's going to uh, it's marketing. It's all about marketing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so thank you guys. Uh, thank you to Jason and Florian for supporting us. Don't forget, if you're an Unfiltered supporter, you get the pre- and post-show this week. A bunch of good economic stuff in there, as well as additional clips that provide some context for this week's show. And uh, you can uh, just check your inbox. You get a newsletter from me with some behind-the-scenes info about every single episode and a link to download the supporter show. So thank you guys for supporting us to our 80 Unfiltered supporters Thanks, and chase. Yes. With that done, you know what that means. It's time for Ask the Chat Room. That's what we're going to ask you your question and you're going to log it because we're going to go around the chat room. We're going to ask you, what do you think the question is? Chris, and now, Chris, what's your question? All right, Chase, let's ask the chat room. Chat room for the third week in a row. <laughs> I know where you're going. Which three-letter agency has gotten deeper into a hole that they dug themselves into last week. Ooh, this is a very good question, Chris, because there's a lot of three-letter agencies that are out there right Which now. Which three-letter agency has gotten themselves in even a deeper hole since last week? All right, Chris. Well, let's go ahead and pull on that lever okay, and let's see go. what the chat room says. Chris, Hammy wants to know, is it IRS? Negative chase. Pull again. Bithwall says CIA? Nope. Could have been, though. Franco V said DSC? Negative, Chase. Probably should have been. DFX says DOJ? Ding, 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 ding. Nice job. <laughs> the DOJ, Department of Justice. Of DFX course, 2KX. Turns out uh, all of the other answers also were correct. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, oh. uh, So, but the uh, path to get us to the DOJ takes us through the IRS. And if you recall last week, um, we talked about the IRS scandal that had just b- broken about them targeting Tea Party groups to slow down or prevent their process of becoming a quote-unquote non-profit or tax-free entity. Now, this was all really supposed to come to a head when we finally got the gal, the gal that was behind a lot of this, the higher up as high as it goes for the division in the area of the country she was in. Her name is Lois Lerner, or Lerner, and uh, she sounds like the number one bad guy, according number to CNN. One. This is only the beginning of congressional scrutiny over the IRS's actions. Next week, the head of the department that approves tax-exempt status, Lois Lerner, will testify before the House Oversight Committee. It appears she knew about the targeting almost from the beginning in 2010. But who else knew? Our Aaron McPike has been taking a closer look at this. Aaron? Aaron? Well, Jake, Lois Lerner is becoming more of an issue here because we now know that her signature was on at least one document to a Tea Party group asking for more information over a year ago. So now the question has become, did she not know what she was approving? After resignations and a contentious hearing on Capitol Hill, there's growing confusion over who knew what and when during the multiple years the IRS was targeting Tea Party groups. Lois Lerner, who heads up the Cincinnati IRS office that oversees tax-exempt organizations, apologized last week after admitting that her division delayed processing applications for hundreds of Tea Party groups. But now the Richmond Tea Party is charging that Lerner is part of the scheme she's trying to fix. We found what we think is kind of a smoking gun. Larry Nordvig runs the Richmond group that first filed for tax-exempt status in December of 2009. The IRS sent Nordvig's group two more requests for information over the next 25 months. 
Lerner's signature is on one of those letters from March of 2012. At the signature. The 55 questions are the ones that were extremely intrusive. For example, they wanted to know all our donors' names. They wanted to know whether they'd run for political office, whether they were going to run for political office. They wanted uh, pictures of our web pages with uh, member login personal pages that would have revealed who our membership uh, people were and uh, other things like that. So she definitely had to know uh, what level of questioning was going on during this time. All right, so this Lois gal sounds like enemy number one. Now, Chase, do you remember yeah. how the how it came out that the IRS was cock-blocking the uh, Tea Party? I don't remember. It was a question that was asked at a conference, at a, at a press conference. Oh. Turns out a planted question, planted by the IRS to get somebody to ask if that was happening. Who planted that question, do you suppose? Is it Lois Lerner, who was the head of the IRS office that grants um, you know, tax-exempt status to some of these um, organizations, and the one who came up with the idea of, of focusing in on Tea Party groups, she planted a question with a friendly lawyer at an American Bar Association conference to supposedly get this issue out in the open. That's how the world found out that it was happening. That's weird, right? So why wouldn't she come out and say this during her opening statement? Why maybe she couldn't for some reason. Okay. And supposedly she's the number one bad guy. She's the bad guy, Chase, but yet she's the one that planted the, the with a friendly lawyer to so, get the question so, so asked. So how is she the bad guy if she's trying to get this uh, Thankfully, uncovered? she's sitting down in front of the committee today. Oh, good. She's, gonna, good. she's finally going to answer the questions, and we're going to find out. Great. There, and I'm the director of exempt organizations at the Lois. Internal Revenue Service. Hi. Okay. I have been a government employee for over 34 years. Wow, career. I nice. have not done anything wrong. Uh-oh. I have not broken any laws. Never I have you not did. violated any IRS rules or regulations, and I have conscience? not provided false information to this or any other congressional committee. Okay. And while I would very much like to answer the committee's questions today, I've been advised by my counsel to assert my constitutional right Whoa. not to testify or what? answer questions related to the subject what? matter of this hearing. What? What? After very careful consideration, what? I've decided to follow my counsel's advice and not testify or answer any of the questions today. Because I'm asserting my right not to testify, I know that some people will assume that I've done something wrong. I have not. Just because you said so. One of the basic functions of the Fifth Amendment is to protect innocent individuals, and that is the protection I'm invoking today. Thank you. No payoff for us, Chase. What and the f so here's what the, the hell? So she, so, okay. How much do you feel like right now she was put in the position of doing this stuff by the upper ups? And okay, now I fully admit and then man, she want, and then they're going to make her the fall person. And so because she can't say who it was because they're important, so she can't out them, she has to plead the fifth. But yet she's the one that planted the question to expose it in the first place because she knew she was being manipulated from people above. So, so she got this exposed and then she gets hauled in front of the committee. And instead of outing her boss, who could be somebody very important, she pleads uh, the fifth. I don't know if that's too far-fetched, though. I don't I don't know if that's very conspiracy baconish. That sounds more logical to me. <laughs> well, Honestly. Don't the conspiracies often sound more logic, Chase? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyways, very interesting how, how all of that's kind of shaked out. And, um, 
Uh, it kind of then leads us into uh, our, our the next phase of this story is the wiretap aspect. Now, the reason why I think these two are still kind of related is because the media is still kind of weaving them together. And uh, Fox News has been pulled into this whole AP scandal in a sense that turns out— that But wait a minute. They're fair and balanced, Chris. Not the same case, but it turns out the DOJ has been investigating reporters at Fox News. <laughs> We are learning new details today about a Justice Department investigation into one of our own Fox News colleagues. It now appears it may have gone even deeper than originally reported. Shannon Bream live in Washington, sorting through the details today on this. Shannon, good morning there. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Well, personal emails, phone records, and we're learning the government went far beyond just James Rosen's information. In a court filing made by the U.S. Attorney's Office dated October 13, 2011, the government details numerous pieces of evidence it has collected, including scores of phone records that have area codes and exchanges that match up to many Fox News hardlines and cell phones. In the redacted version of that document, we cannot see the final four numbers in each of the phone numbers. The area code and exchange do match up to Fox employee and office phones, including our phone lines that run to our workspace at the White House, <laughs> Pentagon and State Department. By the way, uh, Chris loves that the news agencies have desks at the Pentagon, the State Department, at the White House. Like, could you imagine the unfiltered show with a desk at the White House and be like, yeah, no, we're totally doing we're totally doing independent, non-biased reporting. Yeah. Uh, let me hear. Just let me just take the note directly from the White House aide. OK, uh, so they're telling us. I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. And they're just admitting it. Yeah. yeah we just have desk at the Pentagon. Yeah. We have just, a desk there. They just feed us. Yeah. The filing also appears to show the Justice Department gathered phone records linked to Fox News executives. We've reached out to the Justice Department and White House for comment. Tapping the Fox News headquarters, tapping the Fox News execs. Tappity, he, tap, tap, this tap. This main reporter they went after here at the Fox News, they even went after his family. They tapped his family, Chase. What? They're tapping everybody. They're tapping the AP. They're tapping oh the Fox gosh. News. Oh, my I bet my girl Megan got tapped. Oh, wait. wait. That's all. Just a Fox News alert about that, Chase. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be careful with your choice of words. So uh, <laughs> the, the uh, Justice Department heavily tracked Fox News reporter James uh. Rosen during a 2009 leak probe, according to a report in the Washington Post. And uh, it looks like it's potentially tied to Fast and Furious. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, they want to know who leaked the information about Fast and Furious right, to Fox News. Right, I wonder when the Benghazi investigation is going to begin. When are they going to start investigating the this Benghazi This is leak? setting a very dangerous—I said this last week, Extremely dangerous. Dangerous precedent here where the White House is like, oh, oh, you're going to report these things to the American people? Uh, no, no, we're not going to let that happen yeah. anymore. Yeah, and with the, in the case That's of the AP, conspiracy. they said, yeah, you can report it. Hold on to it for a little bit. And then after they held on, they said, okay, it's up to you if you want to report that. That's right. your call. And, you know, uh, uh, Obama says that he wants to protect the media. Obama says that this isn't right. Obama says he's outraged. Obama says he's going to fix it. And Obama's going to do it with the media shield law, which he's personally gotten the ball rolling on. The whole goal of... Uh, this media shield law that was worked on and largely endorsed by folks like the Washington Post editorial page and by prosecutors was finding a way to strike that balance appropriately. Uh, and to the extent that this case, uh, which we still don't know all the details of. No, no, don't know, don't know. To the extent that this case has prompted renewed interest about how do we strike that balance properly, then I think uh, 
uh, now's the time for us to go ahead and revisit that legislation. Now, the New York Times has reported that Senator Charles Schumer has confirmed his plan to reintroduce shield law legislation. The senator said, quote, this kind of law would balance national security needs against the public's right to the free flow of information. At minimum, our bill would have ensured a fairer, more deliberate process in this case. He is, of course, talking about the case of the Justice Department secretly seizing phone records of reporters from the Associated Press. Senator Schumer first introduced the shield law back in 2009. Here's what it would have done. It's similar to media protection laws that already exist in several states. The federal shield law would protect journalists from having to reveal their sources. Now, if the feds want this information, they would have to prove to a judge that the information they want outweighs the need for journalists' rights, rights to keep that information secret. But it's important to point out that even this shield law allows exceptions when it comes to national security issues. That's why it's unclear if such a law would have helped out the Associated Press at all, especially since we've heard from the administration that the leak to the AP was a very serious one. Uh, when uh, we express concern about leaks at a time when I've still got 60,000 plus troops in Afghanistan uh, and I've still got uh, a whole bunch of intelligence officers around the world who are in risky situations uh, in outposts uh, that uh, in some cases are as dangerous as the outpost in Benghazi, uh, that part of my job is to make sure that uh, we're protecting what they do. Now, the shield law did not go anywhere back in 2009. This was around the time of WikiLeaks, one of the largest leaks of classified information in history that prompted lawmakers to get tough on those that share government secrets. So tough that under the Obama administration, more whistleblowers have been prosecuted than any other administration combined. That's an interesting little stat. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this media shield law has a pretty interesting history as a senator. Obama was a vocal supporter of what he called a robust shield law. He co-sponsored a bill in 2007 and campaigned on the issue in 2008. But when the Senate moved to pass the bill, as soon as Obama came into office, his administration abruptly changed course and opposed the bill, unless the Senate carved out an exception for national security reporters. Uh, then it kind of stalled out uh, because of WikiLeaks and uh, Julian Assange. So uh, they kind of put leaks in the spotlight and protecting the sources of leaks kind of took a backstage. Um, now, it's important to remember that virtually the only time that the government ever subpoenas reporters is when it involves investigations into leaks, which generally by their very definition are considered national security events. So it's kind of hard to see how the bill significantly helps improve the press's situation uh, because they would always generally cite the national security uh, rule. Uh, in fact, um, it was uh, written in the uh, Washington Post that there's a strong argument that passing the bill as uh, ended, as it was written in 2010, would weaken reporters' rights, and it would make it easier for the government to actually get the sources they report from. So it's a bit of a give and take, it be, because it requires the DOJ to go to a judge instead of unilaterally making that determination on their own to be able to go after the AP like they did in the AP's case. The DOJ made the call on their own on the basis of national security, didn't have to go to a judge. Obama's shield law would require the judge intervention. However, it would also then, should the judge say yes, put a series of events in place that would essentially expose 
the sources of the media. Yeah. So it would if if the judge says okay, which would be likely to happen in the case of a national security event, which is what they almost always cite when they're going after reporters, it actually would spell a bigger compromise to the media institution. Yep. Yep. Absolutely correct. <clears throat> so it's just you know. Change we need, Chase. A little more change we need. I've, I've got uh, <laughs> and more. change you can believe in. Yeah, if you guys are here, interested... And you can take that to the bank. You can definitely take that to the bank. Uh, if, you get, if you guys are interested in that, I've got more information in the show notes. Lots of more information in the show notes. But I want to follow up on something really quick just kind of before we move into the final phase of the show. Uh, the Boston Bombers. What was the number one thing we remember about those lone wolves? What were they? What did they keep telling us about the Boston Bomber brothers, Chase? Uh, well, they, they were brothers. They worked alone. They were brothers. Yeah, they radicalized no ha- via the internet. And uh, they one of them went over to Russia. Yep. They came back. And, and uh, every, all the resources they need once he was, once was, he was just, in passion. And they got it from a magazine. They were never worried about other suspects, Chase. There was no reason to think that there was somebody else involved. Florida, some major developments in the Boston bombing investigation. Officials now linking a shooting in Florida to one of the Boston bombing suspects. They say the man caught in a shootout once claimed to be a friend of Tamerlan Zarnaya, who you're seeing on your screen there. Phil Keating is live in Miami with more on this twist to the story. Phil? According to a friend in Orlando, Florida, a friend of the dead suspect, whose name is Ibrahim Todoshev, a Russian national living in Orlando legally, per Customs and Border Protection, the FBI had actually come down to Orlando and questioned him several times after the Boston bombings, including last night during a multi-hour interview when suddenly, according to the friends, Todashev, quote, flipped out. The FBI tells us, quote, a violent confrontation was initiated by the suspect. During the confrontation, the individual was killed and the agent sustained non-life-threatening injuries. The overnight shooting happened at an apartment complex in Orlando, not far from Orlando's amusement parks. So this was an interesting one because the local news was on the scene right away and they were getting some good info. Supposedly this guy has been uh, chatting, was chatting with the older brother via Skype beforehand and the feds want to know about that supposedly that guy was here illegally and it sounds like the feds have been following him from pretty much day one after the bombing i got some interesting details when they uh interviewed a former roommate of um the guy that was killed today we are joined now by the suspect's friends in this case uh hussein i hope i'm pronouncing that right tell me more about your friend and his relation to the boston marathon suspects all right the boston marathon suspect he knew the older guy older brother just knew him back like a couple years ago when he used to live in Boston right and that's it he wasn't radical he just was he, he was Muslim you know what I mean I'm a Muslim the Chechens are Muslim you know what I mean he was just a Muslim that's what was his mistake I guess that's all but, that, you know now that you find out that he is dead did he, did he have any weapons anything that could have no, spurred this no no I, I know for fact I, I used to be there I used to live there for some time you know what I mean I used to stay in his place Right, I know him. I know everything about this place. Everything about this guy. He never had a gun. If he had something, I would know it. I knew what he's going through his mind. I knew every little thing, and I know, I know he didn't do nothing. But now you two told me that you also suspected that this may happen. Well, he felt he had a bad feeling. Yeah, we was because all day together he, today. He, he felt like there's gonna be set up. He felt like there's gonna be set up, bad set up against him. You know what I mean? Because he felt. He, said, he told me, like, they are making up such a crazy stuff, I don't know why they're doing it. Someone why are they doing bacon? it? Okay, I'm answering the questions, but they're still making up some, like, connections, some crazy stuff. I don't know why they're doing it. I said, hey, they, they stopped following him for, month, for like, less than a week, right? And they 
few days ago, they start following us again. We were following you everywhere you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay, pretty much what happened is he was in my place. He looked outside and said, oh, sh shit, they're, they're here. I'm like, really? Again? Like, yeah, they're here. Now, your but, friend was also about to leave town, right? He was about to go back to Chechnya? Yeah, I was thinking. He was right. thinking. He was planning. He, he planned it for a long time ago because he, he recently got his green card. He wanted to go home and come back. He wanted to go home for months to see his parents. But he canceled that flight. What was yeah. he doing here in Orlando? Uh, he, he, he used to uh, be a fighter, an MMA <laughs> fighter, you know what I mean? And now he wasn't, right he wasn't now working right now. He was just, you know, he was living off the, the insurance because he had a surgery. After the injury, uh, what is it? The, the fighting, the, the, the accident, accident. So, I mean, this guy makes this guy sound like he is an angel. Now, the official report is that it uh, sounds like this guy was thinking about leaving town. Now, some people are reporting that that flight was canceled. Some other people are saying, no, it wasn't canceled. That hasn't been shaken out at the time of this recording yet. But um, <clears throat> as far as I know, right? the dead boss. So this guy, this guy who's dead now, and the older brother uh are have been have been I, I don't know what what's the term when you say somebody's committed a crime they've been indicted i don't know what you call that um suspect supposedly they were both involved in a drug deal gone bad and they they ended up murdering a guy together and supposedly now how, the only way we know is cuz the fbi tells us this after they killed the guy supposedly the fbi said hey are you leaving town hey did you, were you involved in this murder the guy says yes I was involved with the murder. Supposedly, he just com he confesses to it and then goes into MMA mode and starts fighting the FBI and they shoot him. So that's that's just, and he, and he, and I guess he had connections with the Boston Bombers. Kind of interesting. Yeah, but remember the Boston Bombers they operated alone, Chris. So right. there was nobody else involved. Now you remember that story about the CIA agent with the wig? Yes. That got outed in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Do you I remember mean, what he was doing over there? No. He was trying to recruit people who were specialized in the counterterrorism where these guys got radicalized. Oh, okay. They were right. he he was over there trying to recruit a Russian a, uh, agent and they outed him. Turns out, remember how we were on the show going, well, this isn't too uncommon. They out people fairly frequently. The only thing that's weird is that they're making a big public splash about it. Yeah, we said that last week. We were exactly right. This has actually happened earlier in March, too, and it was a much higher-up position that they outed. The <laughs> CIA chase, uh, station chief, Aaron, brings us up to date. And now our third Chicken. story out front, the CIA. What is wrong uh, with America's Central Intelligence Agency? Good question. So just yeah. this week, we've me. let a scene, alleged spy Ryan Fogel, detained and kicked out of Russia amid allegations he was spying for the CIA. Now Russia's Federal Security Service, which is the successor to the KGB, has outed the CIA's alleged station chief in Moscow. Oh. Now that's a pretty significant job at the CIA, and the breach of protocol raises questions about America's top spy agency. We got some full-on spy. Spy crap going down, Chase. Wow. Some full-on spy crap. But So this CIA station chief was the first guy to get outed. He got outed in March, I believe. And he <laughs> also was trying to recruit people that specialized in this area of terrorism. Now, what's interesting, that's before the Boston bombing. I think, I think the timing is kind of interesting. This clip from Russia Today, by the way, uh, Russia Today actually has a representative who talks to the FSB. That's... The K, that's the old KGB, that's the CIA of the Russians. So Russia Today, like our media has people in the Pentagon, Russia Today has people in the FSB getting well, them the line. They have a desk. But that's that's actually valuable for our, for, for our angle of just looking at their right. reports. Yeah. So listen to this. Tell me if this isn't just straight out of a movie. The CIA has gone too far with its spying operations. That's the message from Russia's Federal Security Service, commenting on the recent scandal involving an American agent 
uncovered in Moscow this week. And Archie's Alexei Rashevsky joins us now live to explain the implications of all that. Alexei, hi there. So what can you say? Well, today I visited the FSB headquarters in Moscow, where I was given some more fresh information on the latest spy scandal uh, involving a third sector. He's visiting the FSB. I'm given fresh information. I was given some more information. And, and later, he actually is given a recording that the FSB released. In Russia, FSB give you information. Yeah, they give him a recording. and They'll play it. Unfortunately, it's kind of in Russian, but it's, it's <laughs> interesting to hear it. Secretary of the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Now, first of all, the FSB yes. officials told me that they knew from day one since Ryan Fogel came to Moscow that he was working for the CIA. That's why they had a very close uh, eye on him. And the most important information here clearly is that this is not the first case over the past three years. In fact, in fact, since 2011, there have been four cases like that. But one story which the FSB officials wanted to draw particular attention on uh, is the story of the FSB officials wanted to draw particular attention on. Uh, also a third secretary of the U.S. Embassy, Benjamin Dillon, who, just like Ryan Fogel, tried to recruit... Uh Benjamin Dillon is the new guy that's where we've discovered has been outed. An employee of the National Anti-Terrorist Committee uh, uh, offering him money and uh, offering him to meet in, in private to uh, discuss the details. That's when the FSB officials actually managed to apprehend him. I have acquired an audio recording of the phone conversation between, just acquired it. between uh, Benjamin <laughs> Dillon and that man. Let's listen. Let's listen. Now, it is in Russian. I apologize, but let's just... This, Go ahead, translate, this is Chris. Crap. Let's, yeah. yeah, translate. Yeah, I'll... Okay, you should join me. America, big money. It's a Drew. Scarlett Johansson. I like chicken. Sounds kind of smooth, doesn't he? No, like, you know, I you can't believe over. he just. I can't believe he said that. Join the CIA. Did you catch what he just said? What, do you have your Android device up to the headphones or something? No, no, no. What did he say? Uh, I can't say this. Oh, yeah, he probably don't want to. No. <laughs> Well, the FSB officials also pointed that uh, the tactics which both Fogel and Dylan used have a striking oh, resemblance. They both made phone calls. They offered money. Maybe there's one exception that uh, presumably Dylan didn't have a wig on him like uh, Fogel uh, did. That's but uh, clearly the, the tactics were the same and the consequences oh. will probably be the same as well because we know that uh, Ryan... Now, Fogel is now in for a deportation from the Russian Federation. And the same thing happened to Dylan. He was deported in January 2013. Okay, okay, January, January. And he was looking for the type of, this is, I don't know if they make this in the report. He was looking to recruit the type of agents that specialized in the region that the Boston bombers supposedly got radicalized in January. Without uh, making it public, it was done quietly back then. Mm, Alexey, and what message is Russia trying to send out with all that? Yes. The bottom line and the main message here is that some lines should not be crossed. Of course, there are some routine and intelligence work and some professional ethics, but the CIA, according to the FSB officials, went too far with the Fogel case. The reason why the Benjamin Dillon story was not made public in January was because the FSB tried to keep it under the carpet. They made a warning uh, to the CIA colleagues that such things could not happen, especially given the fact that FSB and the CIA have a very strong partnership in fighting terrorism together. Uh, I talked to one of the high-ranking officials in the FSB and here is how he explained the current state of affairs. 
We were particularly outraged with the actions of the American spy Dylan Benjamin. He tried to convince an employee of the Russian National Counter-Terror Committee to hand over classified documents of this department to the CIA. Like Mr. Fogel, he was also deported from Russia. We hoped the CIA would learn their lesson and something like that would never happen again, so we decided not to release the information about Dylan to the public, but apparently they didn't learn that lesson. In Fogel's case, the CIA crossed a red line, so we had to react according to official instructions. We had to react according to official instructions. What do you think that means? That means they were told by the upper-ups yeah. to embarrass. Yeah. And I think they planted the wig on that oh, guy yeah, of course. to embarrass. Yes. Well, there have been no comments so far, not from the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, not from the uh, Washington officials, but the FSB told me that they will let us know if anything, any comments coming from Washington come on that matter. Mm, exciting stuff. Alexei Yaroshevsky, live there from uh, Moscow. Alexei, thank you very much. Oh, super exciting. Blowing my mind. I just think this has been fascinating to watch. And you wonder if Syria somehow, if the political pressures around, around Syria today came out that uh, Russia is, I believe, transferring missiles to help. I, I didn't get the details, so it's not in the show, but Russia, I believe, is actually arming the uh, uh, Assad regime. I think that came out today. Oh, I can't remember. Oh man, I, I got to follow that's, up. That's a huge bomb. I know, I know. I'd love to chat about it more, but we got to move on. It's time wait, for the drone update, Chase. Wait, that's Chris. Chris, we need to have a conversation. It's the underwater drone update. We don't have an underwater drone update, Chris. Come this on. This jellyfish may not sting you, but it could one day be used in military sting operations. Chris, this Meet is Cyro, April Fools. the five foot seven, a hundred and seventy pound <laughs> robotic that. jellyfish. Look at that thing. It's a big guy, but once it's in water, it's almost neutrally buoyant, so it doesn't float, doesn't sing, just kind of stays there. The lifelike autonomous robot was created by a team of research and engineering students at Virginia Tech. It's part of a $5 million project funded by the U.S. Navy. The idea is to use this jellyfish-inspired vehicles for underwater surveillance of ocean waters. Until it's got a whale eats arms it. and a flexible <laughs> silicone covering to mimic the way a jellyfish swims. So this is actually the, the mind of our robotic jellyfish. Um, we house all our sensory components in here and the battery housing as well. This jellyfish prototype can swim for about four hours using a battery, but they're looking at other energy sources to make it last longer. Fuel cells. In the future, we're trying to be able to leave this robot in, in the ocean for weeks and months at a time. These robots could be used for military surveillance and to clean up after oil spills or monitor schools of fish. Yeah, monitor schools of fish, sure, yeah. But... Can we make it a little bit scarier? They might not be the fastest swimmers, but they're definitely known to be very efficient swimmers. Using multiples of them, you can cover even more ground and perhaps achieve missions that are even more complicated. It's <laughs> just something else, Chase. I swear to God, I thought this was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I swear. Jellyfish drone. But, but you know what, though? You're going to have environmentalists that are going to come out. I guarantee you. They're going to come out and they're going to say, what about whales eating these things? Well, okay, yeah. You know, if they get eaten, that'd be bad. But they, these things probably <laughs> could do some cleanup. They don't digest very well, Chris. Actually, we do have what I think is probably some good news for the drones up in the sky. Maybe that's why we're getting these water drones now, because the CIA, turns out their pilots are freed up. I look now at the changing policies when it comes to drone operations abroad. Government sources are now acknowledging that the Obama administration is handing over some control of the counter-terror operations to the Pentagon. Those responsibilities previously fell into the hands of the CIA. 
While this doesn't necessarily mean fewer drone attacks on terror targets overseas, it is a step forward for critics. Here's why. Handing that power over to the Pentagon puts it under the scope of congressional oversight. So yes, it does mean a little more transparency when it comes to UAVs. Drone strikes in Yemen will fall into the hands of the armed forces, while those that occur in Pakistan will continue to be controlled by the CIA. And that is sort of the however of this story, because that is where right now, presently, the majority of our drone strikes are taking place. Uh, and the reason why I would theorize, I have no reason to know, so don't listen to me. I would theorize because uh, our Pakistani drone strikes are kind of on a wink-wink, nod-nod payoff basis to the Pakistani government. And we need to keep all of that secret. And the best way to keep something secret is to have the CIA involved with it. Uh, which is interesting, Chase, is tomorrow. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for this and report in next week's episode if anything interesting develops. Obama is going to deliver a major speech on national security. His administration on Wednesday formally acknowledged that the United States had killed four American citizens in a drone strike in oh, Yemen boy. and Pakistan. This is the first time they've ever officially acknowledged this. The letter also said the United States had killed three other Americans besides Elmware Al- Alawaki, as we all know about. Samara Khan, who was killed in the same strike, uh, and uh, uh, that was uh, also in, cl- in that same strike, Awaki's son, who was killed in Yemen, and Jude Mohammed, who was killed in a strike, a separate strike in Pakistan. And the, these individuals were never actually specifically targeted by the United States, but were collateral damage. That was from Eric Holder. Yeah, directly. I, I heard about I, I heard about the four people, and I was just like, "This is this is just the tip of the iceberg." I think we're going to get more information about this. I'll be really curious to see what Obama says about national security and the drone strikes. Tomorrow. He's, he's supposedly too, supposed to address it, but he's too busy right now, standing in the rain. Right. Well, and you know what? And so let's be clear here: moving these to the Pentagon, while good because it does provide some oversight, also solidifies the fact that this is now a permanent fixture of modern combat, and this will continue on. Uh, I don't know if we had... Did we play the clip about the guy? I don't think we did play the clip about the guy who was testifying to Congress who said he expects the war on terror to last an additional 20 years. No, we didn't. Yeah. That was... There's a clip out there. Is that that. with the war on drugs at the same time? Well, we got a lot of wars. That's a double front. Uh, So you figure drones are going to probably factor very heavily into that, and I think a part of Obama's legacy is going to be his, his, his administration will, for the majority of it, have had the drone program in the shadows. I think by the time he gets out, the ma- the majority of the drone program will be codified into official military policy, for better or for worse. Right. Likely worse. Yeah. Or maybe. I don't know. Hard to say. But Chase, before we get out here, yes, why don't sir. we uh, read an email? Yes, we got feedback. an email in from Mr. Justin. Justin wrote in and said, hey, our thoughts on Google Glass. Hey guys, I enjoy the show very much, and I'm glad you are still able to stay in production. Are they uh, serious? Yeah, what, what was that about? Uh, I wanted to write in about a topic that's gotten a little bit of attention lately. Google Glass. Oh. Is it more of a good thing or more of a bad thing? A lot of tech enthusiasts are excited to embrace the new device, while others are extremely concerned about privacy. Mm. What I am wondering is how the device will be used, especially if it becomes popular. Currently, Google Glass is pretty limited, but with more popularity and the next generation versions, that will certainly change. Oh, sure, sure. So how do you guys feel about Google Google, Google Glass? Google, Google Glass. Should we embrace the technology and enjoy the ride, or should we concern ourselves with what Google Glass may or may not bring to society? As always, keep up the fantastic work, and thanks for your contribution to the community. Chris, I'll let you go first, man. Okay. Um, <clears throat> would you grant me... That not all tech- technology is not inherently evil, like splitting the atom. It's how you use it, right? Mm-hmm. 
You grant mm-hmm. me that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I pose this question to you. Okay. Is a technology that comes with tracking built into its core functionality, is that evil in its nature? No, I wouldn't say so. Okay. So I say, I think, you know, Google Glass is going to challenge a lot of privacy stuff. But at the same time, like any tool, uh, think of citizens that could use this while at a at a, at a public disturbance, uh, documenting the police. And, uh, I mean, we already have so much video of people on the scene because they have their smartphones. The one thing to think about is the contribution to the web will be a massive massive addition of data points a lot of noise a lot of crap but like those really important cell phone videos of the tornado or those amazing pictures of the riots they eventually surface to the top and i think glass will facilitate even more of those so you got to consider that aspect of it yeah i mean for me personally i have no opinion on it quite yet just because of the fact that i haven't seen one in the flesh and haven't put one on but that, that doesn't stop anybody at this point if they wanted to have a glass uh, or a camera on their glasses or use their cell phone. Yeah, in it's a really not too way. hard to be sneaky with your cell phone because you can just pretend like you're on the phone and be clicking a picture. Right. So you can be sneaky with the smartphone now, and all the same tracking stuff that you'd be worried about in glass is in the phone to it maybe is. even a higher degree because of all the apps. That's right. So uh, I'm I'm in a wait and I'm in a wait and see mode. I'm in a wait because yep. I'm 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 more skeptical skeptical of the implementation right now than I am of the technology because. I could, I could see the advantage of it, too, as you're walking down the road. might be nice to have well, some Well, you've apps. already heard, of, heard about some places that are going to forbid you from wearing glasses. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, and there's already, I think there's already been like a letter sent to Google from Congress asking for information. Yeah, it's, it makes you wonder, but, you know, a technology is ever going to move forward. This is just the tip. We'll see where it goes. Get, just yep. got to be vigilant and keep yourself informed. That's right. Chase, speaking of keeping yourself informed, if people want more than what fit in the show or if they want to suggest something for the show or if they want to comment or get a good discussion thread going, where should they go? A great, incredible resource is the Unfilter subreddit at unfilter.reddit.com. Oh. We are currently at 391 readers. Oh, and these are people more. that are not only submitting stories, but upvoting, downvoting, commenting, commenting. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'd love to get at 400 Let's by the next it. show. Do you think we it's, can? It's only nine. Come on, guys. It's only nine people. Even, you know what, do me a favor. Help us out. Even if you don't even use Reddit, just go there, sign up. Become part it. of our information network. And just get over 400. Chase, if I wanted to follow you on Twitter, could you give me a suggestion? I mean, if I just wanted to tweet you. There's a Twitter place that I can go, that you can go. It's called at Nunes on oh. Twitter. A oh my gosh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Go you ahead. know, it's like the A with the the, the circle. Yeah. Check out my go to 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 my. And you have a Twitter go to too. Mine. Look at mine. Look at mine. Look you, at mine. Look wait, what I wait, did. wait, wait. Look what I did. You want me to go to yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OMG! Yep, I put a I put a thing on my Twitter. You have a, what at is it? Chris Ls. Everybody, go check is it out. Is that a Rainier? I don't know. So people have to go look and find <laughs> out. People got to look. Go look at my Twitter at Chris Ls. Follow me. Discover it. Groovy. And you know, I I do a thing internet broadcasting thing yeah it's called geek gamer tv we do minecraft oh there i like minecraft uh, geek stuff yeah and pinball very nice sir that's about it all right everyone don't <laughs> forget if you're an unfiltered supporter go check your inbox for the supporter show if if you haven't gotten yours and you are a supporter email angela at jupiterbroadcasting.com don't tell her i said that but you can okay she knows it's coming let her know and we'll get you straightened out and if you can't support us that way don't forget the affiliate links all right everyone oh and join us live on thursdays check the calendar Right? Wednesdays. 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 Jeez, I'm a Wednesdays moron. at 645 for the parade. I'm crazy. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. See you next week. week.